I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. Well, 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 Kyle. We've had a few hours to digest <laughs> LSL and uh, to try to give you all a balanced take on what we saw last night from the World Wrestling Federation. It's the day after Father's Day. Kyle and myself are recovering. We got the takes. The hots are going to be co- the takes are going to be coming in hot. I think today, Kyle, as we sip on our coffee and get ready to talk a little professional wrestling. Uh, Kyle, how are you doing? How was your Father's Day? It was okay until I watched Hell in a Cell. <laughs> um, no, it was it was good, and um, the, yeah, the pay per view was was bad. Yeah, we, we I don't know about balanced because I think we're going to be skewed pretty negative here on this show today fair and balanced yeah we like yeah. to say we're objective on this podcast we are and, and we are ob- being objective you know, means when something stinks you say it stinks <laughs> and last night stunk it wasn't very good it wasn't good it was uh there's a lot of issues now i will say as we're going to talk about there's some good ring work on the show but we we expect more than that in our wrestling pay-per-views and uh we're certainly going to have some criticisms i think even after sleeping on it still not super happy with what we thought we want to we we want to see what the listeners and the viewers were live right now on YouTube, on Twitter, on, on Facebook.com. We want to know what you thought of Hell in a Cell. So let us know in the comment section. We'll get those involved in the show. We'll bring your comments up on the air here. Let us know your match of the night, your overall grade for the show, A through F. We're going to start it off here with Kyle. Grade the broadcast, A through F. What do you got for us? It'd be interesting if you threw it to somebody else, by the way. Justin <laughs> Joint, I hope Why? you're doing well. Today it's just, just us that two. Work right now. Yeah. yeah. Um I'd go C minus on this show. It was definitely a below average B pay-per-view, right? I think that's a very, very fair statement to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not as good as WrestleMania Backlash, which I think I gave a C plus to. And mm-hmm. um, but and this is something I'm gonna hit numerous times during this podcast today, uh, Mr. Drosty. I think more so than any letter grade you can assign this show, it's there's a word in my head right now to describe Hell in a Cell and really the general state of WWE. If I could describe the promotion and this pay-per-view in one word, it's boring. I thought it was going to be a four-letter word, so that's a little softer <laughs> no, than what I was expecting. No, I, I mean, it wasn't like the worst pay-per-view I've ever seen, but God, it is boring. Like, I, I there's sometimes wrestling is so bad that you like laugh at it and you're like, Oh my God, this was like so shitty. And yeah, you do like say four letter words, but um, this was just boring. Mm-hmm. Did boring. it seem like, did it seem like WWE didn't even want to do this pay-per-view? Well, I mean, with crowds coming back next month and the stars, the real stars soon to follow, mm-hmm. um, we thought it might be a lame duck pay-per-view, even though, though it's hell in a cell, but you know, in addition to be being boring, I think the WWE just has inherently bad fundamentals on top mm-hmm. of being boring. And like, so look at this show. Themed pay-per-view. We've been down that road before. How we don't yeah. like those. Multiple cell matches. The Red Cage. The Thunderdome. Here's one. Five of these six matches that were on the pay-per-view proper 
were rematches in some form of something we'd seen on the previous two pay-per-views. Yeah. Alexa Shayna being the exception to that rule. So you consider all the above. It's just really tough for me to get into this show going in. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. like, I, I, like I'm not looking forward to the show. You know, we have that mentality a lot, but in the case of hell in a cell last night, when you throw in some of the bad finishes, you're just rolling your eyes at the end of the three hours. Right. That that was the biggest issue for me was the was the finishes too. But yeah, it just it's such a stopgap pay per view, you know, and it's just kind of hanging there as the last pandemic era Thunderdome pay per view, just trying to get through it. You know, they put together some matches where you think they're going to deliver in the ring, and a few of them did, but I didn't think there was anything great on the show. Like I didn't think any of the matches really approached four even four stars. No. To be honest with you, there were some solid matches. Uh, you remove the Roman Reigns Rey Mysterio match, of course, for whatever reason they put that on on uh, Fox, and I do want to talk about that one. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that later in the show. Um, but overall, for me, I agree with everything you said. The excitement level wasn't there. I was out of town for Father's Day. I make my way back through a wicked thunderstorm. By the way, get uh, home in time. <laughs> tell me you were cranking some boss. I saw the pictures you put yeah. on Twitter. That landscape, my God, that just screams. Honey, we're listening to Nebraska on the way home. <laughs> yes, I was going to say Nebraska or, or darkness <laughs> on the edge of town. Dude, I mean, I get home. It's like, well, I own the cells on. I got to watch it. We're going to do the pod. But I wasn't like motivated to watch it. There was nothing on the show that excited me. Um, you know, I, I always say on our post pay-per-view shows that WWE always delivers when it comes to pay-per-views in the ring. Like you can always expect a good night of matches, but it's the broader picture. What do these stories even mean? Are they good stories at all? Will you ever watch or even think about this show again? And those questions, those those last ones I went through, those were all at like all-time lows for me. <laughs> like I did not care about anything on this match. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm excited for SummerSlam and what they yeah. were potentially planning there. But for this show, it was like, man, no. And then some of those finishes, as we're going to get to, they didn't do a whole lot for me <laughs> trying to get into this. So we've got some people in the chat. I want to bring up some of the viewers and, and their thoughts on the show. We've got Aman. Uh, he said, I'll go for a D. I found it to be an absolute snooze fest of a show with nothing moving anywhere. Not too dissimilar in that sense from your regular Monday Night Raw offering. Agreed. Uh, Gabe, longtime supporter of the show. Gabe says, I'm going to give it a C plus. There was a lot of good wrestling and matchups we've seen too many times. Also a lot of bad results. Good wrestling made up for a lot of the bad, hence a C plus. Oh, we've got David. David says Lashley McIntyre were having a great match until the finish. 100% agree with that one. Uh, yes. No Hell in a Cell match should ever end with the roll up. No kidding, David. Uh, let's see. Alan, Hell in a Cell was like getting a tie for Father's Day. <laughs> Two of the matches ended in a roll up pin of some sorts, and there's a gif of Charlotte just completely missing a bunch of kicks. Yeah, I think she was trying to kick John Cena. I don't know what was happening there because uh, she's been doing that in her matches a lot of late. Have you noticed that, Kyle? I didn't notice of late, but yeah, I saw the gif and that wasn't good. I wonder if the cult of Cornette will be getting on her like they got on the Dark Order way back when, or we're just selective <laughs> with our criticism from that group. Oh, I'm I'm sure we'll be hearing it about that from uh, the cult of Cornette for sure. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, lot that this kind of lines up with what we saw over on our Twitter page. Let me just pull up the results of that poll right now. Uh, we've got 111 votes. What did you think of tonight's Hell in a Cell pay per view? Posted this last night, and out of 111 votes, 30.6 percent gave the show a D or F rating. 
Um, 30.6, a tie gave it a C. 28% giving it a B. And about 10% gave it an A. Um, you know what's funny? So that's got to be an all-time high for DNF. Yeah. On our poll, it, right? It's for sure all-time high for okay. DNF, yeah. Um, which is interesting. And it's funny because usually we laugh. We're like, man, DNF, that's kind of harsh. You know, and I, you know, we're pretty critical people, I think. You know, if you're a pro WWE person, you you know, we probably haven't, you know, struck your fancy in recent months. So we're always like, oh, my God, how can you give a D or F? To me, this is the opposite. Like those, that 10% at A, like what show are you watching? No, okay. No an A. I mean, there has been times <laughs> where we've been very high in WWE. If you go back in the archives you know, doing this show for, since 2016. I remember some of the, the pay-per-view post shows we'd come on, Kyle, where you would be like, Vince McMahon has done it again. How about this World Wrestling Federation yeah. <laughs> stuff? Not not lately. No, not lately. I guess I'm kind of tired of that too, where mm-hmm. it's like you reach a point as a fan where you can only set aside poor creative and lousy builds so much, right? Like that's not what wrestling should be. Like I wonder if we've created a whole generation of fans, like I'm talking about people younger than us, yeah. right? Like, you know, even like five, 10 young years younger than you, maybe. And, and even younger than that, where it's just like, well, they just expect the TV to stink, but it's like, you kind of just file it away in the back of your mind and say, well, they're going to deliver in the ring. And that's just the way wrestling works. That's not the way wrestling's supposed to work. Believe it or not, when I was growing up, most of the great matches that I watched and in, and watched over and over again and enjoyed. I was looking forward to them before they happened. It's not like I was like, oh, this creative sucks ass, but you know, by God, they'll deliver. That's not the way it worked. And I I just think that's a fascinating mentality that we've seen evolve among particularly the WWE fan base over the last oh, yeah, 20 it's years. A complete flip from what? 30 years ago, 25, eh, not 25, but 30 years ago. I mean, the draw for WWE, WWF shows was always the story. And, you know, if you wanted good ring work, you'd watch WCW, NWA. Uh, this was the promotion that they, they got you on the stories. You know, look at Hogan and Warrior. You know, for example, look at Hogan's entire run on top. It was all about the stories. It wasn't about delivering in the ring. And now it's kind of the flip where, look, our writing isn't great. Our creative team has a lot of issues. But, man, we will we'll give you something between the ropes. Right. Yeah. But, it, you know, when the matches are so repetitive, like they are in this card, it's hard, you know, and we'll get into it. Some specifics. It's funny how you bring up how um, things have flipped over the last 30 years. So WWE, I have an example of that. I want to mention when it comes to the KO uh, Sammy Zayn match, but I absolutely want you to read that Derek tweet, by the way, because it makes me feel good. <laughs> Derek Chappelle tuning in. I've missed these two beautiful faces. Love Derek gonna- Chappelle. I'm an attractive man. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Especially at 10 o'clock in the morning. Easter On a Monday. Yes. yes. Wearing this Randy Savage shirt and my homage to Shawn Michaels' 1997 shorts I've got on. Oh, yeah. Banana <laughs> smuggling shorts, baby. Yeah. I get those on the air before we're done. Depends on what's in that coffee. Uh, Ryan checking in. Hey, guys. Great show. Week hell in a cell pay-per-view yesterday. Most outcomes were predictable and head scratchers. Why did Shayna lose? Why did Charlotte win by DQ? <laughs> C minus four out of 10 for me. If I had it ready, I'd, I'd put on the Bret Hart 4 out of 10 meme up on the screen right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gabe, love the mug, Kyle. How about them Cowboys? Oh, that was okay. odd, too. You were drinking out of a Dallas Cowboys mug. So, as you know, I don't have any favorite sports teams, just like yeah. I don't have any favorite professional wrestlers. I only like good teams and good wrestlers. 
uh, and that obviously can change with the wind. Uh, but I went to Cowboys Stadium one time. I've actually been there twice, once to see a football game. Uh, where your Bears won. I think I've mentioned that before on the show. Uh, The other time, I was just with my wife. We were passing through. I was like, you know, I'm going to buy something. And I like this mug. I like it. It's blue interior. It's it's a good coffee mug. Good colors. Good mug. I'll give it to you. (laughs) I I bought a San Diego Padre shirt 10 years ago, too. No clue why. I just saw it. You've worn that on the pod before. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, you know, you don't see a lot of people wearing (laughs) San Diego Padres t-shirts. Maybe now you do, but I was like, fuck it. I'll buy one. Yeah. All right. So we're going to we're going to start right from the top. We're going to talk about Drew and Bobby. Before we do, I do want to mention if you've never t- tuned into the broadcast before, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash top rope nation. We're streaming live. Of course, you can get the podcast version of the show wherever podcasts are found. We are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, of course. Every single subscription helps us out so much in the search algorithm when people search for professional wrestling podcasts. You know, hit the subscribe button, leave us a five star, leave us a written rating. Even better, we read the written reviews on the air and we send you a free sticker in the mail. All you got to do on Apple Podcasts, leave a written review. And of course, we are members of the Blue Wire Podcasting Network. You can check out bluewirepods.com for all your podcasting needs. And uh, Blue Wire does have a podcasting studio under construction. Been seeing the updates on the ground level of the win in Las Vegas. Hoping to do a live show that there next year, maybe after AEW Double or Nothing 2022. We'll see, but check out Blue Wire Pods doing big things over there. So, Kyle, uh, the main event, Hell in a Cell, Drew McIntyre. If he doesn't win the match, he does not get another opportunity at the WWE Championship until post Bobby Lashley's reign. Um, there's rumors out there about who Lashley could be wrestling at SummerSlam. Could be a major return on the way in the in the form of Brock Lesnar we will see so going in I kind of felt like Drew wouldn't win the match um mm. but you can never be too sure because you know the thing with Brock could fall apart they've been teasing you know doing a, a Bobby Lashley Brock Lesnar match for a while for years Bobby's been talking about wanting to do that match four years yeah so of course Bobby retains uh the guys went out they worked hard there's just some logical issues with this match. You guys let us know what you think in the, in the chat. I hate the fact that you do a hell in a cell match and then you get the manager involved, (laughs) you know, like the original referee uh, takes that chair shot and he's laid out. And so drew has the match one. He needs another referee to get in. They unlock the cage. He demands that the referee on the outside, unlock the cage, get in the ring. And he does. It seems like it takes him forever to unlock the door but eventually he gets in there and apparently mvp snuck in from behind him we you know we didn't see mvp on screen until we get the standard world title spot where the challenger has it won but at the last second the manager of the champion or an ally of the champion pulls the challenger off right so drew hits the claymore one two oh my god mvp's in the ring Pulls pulls Drew off. It was not a bad spot. It, no, but it's overdone. I, yeah, it is. I, I mean, yeah, we, we've been doing that for 20 years. I think. Yep. Yeah. Very WWE spot. And and so, yo, in the end, yep, we get uh, Drew, Mac, Drew McIntyre losing to a roll-up. And a lot of people were... MVP held the foot on the Claymore kick attempt. Yeah. Set up the roll-up. Yeah. So a lot of people were talking about a hell in a cell match ending in a roll-up you know i didn't have as much of a problem with that as the women's match we're going to talk about and the finish of that one 
but it was pretty weak. I mean, this it was a pretty good match up until the finish. Didn't really like the interference, but you know, you're probably going to get that in the style of a promotion. What did you think, Kyle? Um, I thought these guys were working at a pretty high level, kind of almost a four star level before that finish. Um, the finish obviously stunk, and I want to again look at the history of Hell in the Cell and compare a few things here. Um, an interference finish like this should not, I repeat, not be compared to something like the Kane finish mm, in the first Hell in the Cell, right? Like mm. I could hear, you know, the Chads of the world out there who's going to try to, you know, do a gotcha. Oh, you love that match so much. There was interference in that. That's a Hell in a Cell. Well, that was a storyline that had been hyped for months. And like, think how impactful that Kane debut was. Kane is alive. And that was really the only way Shawn Michaels could beat The Undertaker, right? I mean, Shawn Michaels being The Undertaker clean and hell would be stupid. Who would yeah. do that? What kind of idiot would book that? <laughs> so in this instant, though, like it was just a roll-up finish. It was just the holding, you know, it, it was something that you would see in a non-cage match, mm-hmm. basically. It was just him, hold, you know, preventing the finisher, which I think we've seen before. I want to yeah. say from MVP. Like, I'm yeah. trying to think. Seems like it. Uh, it was at WrestleMania before the full Nelson spot, which was a flat finish, mm. right? Like, remember Drew had the Claymore set up at WrestleMania, but yeah. MV- like, but then he like paused because M- I don't even think MVP was grabbing his leg, but whatever. Um, the finish stunk should not be compared to you know more over the top, impactful interference. I'm not against interference necessarily. All interference is not created the same. This was just a cheap finish. Um, and I've got some questions here. So this was the one match I was kind of looking forward to on the card, simply because there were stakes involved. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned, if Drew didn't win here, there's no more challenging Lashley, okay? Traditionally, that stipulation sets things up for the babyface to win. The babyface did not win here, obviously. So I'm going to ask you this. Given the finish which was supposed to make you in the audience think, oh my God, Drew was robbed. Will there be some sort of last-ditch attempt to get Drew one more title match against Bobby Lashley, whether it's through like Money in the Bank or Royal Rumble even? I mean, I know it's a long time from now. Do you think they're going to do that? Or is Lashley McIntyre completely done in your eyes? Are you saying that McIntyre would be in the Money in the Bank match, and then they would say, "If you can win it, you can challenge yes. again." Yeah, yeah, like I can see like, that happening. Like the Lex Luger storyline. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Like you know, he won by count out, and it was supposed to be his only shot. And so they like you know, he had to win the Rumble to get the other shot, and he you know tied and did. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could do that, that yeah. because I got to say this. You know, there's a lot of people, and this is just so reflective of like the modern WWE mindset and how people are willing to accept things that I'm quite frankly not willing to accept, Ryan. And I think one of our callers mentioned this on the locker room show we did. It's like, well, okay, Drew can't challenge Lashley more, but what if he just gets drafted to SmackDown? That is so lame and weak, especially as a baby face. Well, I failed here, so, well, I'm just going to go over to the other brand and get an attempt. Yeah, that stinks. Yeah, that smells. I hate that, and it never works. No, I I could see that as the draw for Money in the Bank because I do think Drew will be. I mean, it makes sense for Drew to be in the Money in the Bank match. Uh, so I think almost certainly he'll be in that match. Yeah, I could I could see that where there is that stipulation. Look, if 
And we said no more title shots, but if you win the Money in the Bank match, then you can do it. That makes sense. But I don't think otherwise there's going to be anything like on Raw tonight where uh, maybe I'll make myself look like an idiot and they will do this. But I don't think it's going to be like, oh, it was a cheap finish. MVP got involved. You can have another opportunity. No, I no, I don't think no, they'll no. do that. I don't think they'll do that. Yeah, and Money in the Bank might be too quick to go back to that. I don't know. Here, The interesting thing is, though, with him, Luke, what do you do with him, Drew McIntyre, if he's not going after Lashley anymore? I mean, or, I assume... Yeah, well, you, you know, I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't know. I was going to say with with Bobby Lashley too. I don't know where. I don't know where you go with him because. Well, I think there's an. And you alluded to this earlier. Does the fact that he went over last night make you more confident in the idea that it's going to be him and Lesnar at SummerSlam? Yes, to that. But then I also, I was thinking about it and it's like, you don't have to have him wrestle. Look, they pulled Roman Reigns off of this show, but Money in the Bank is their first pay-per-view since Mania with a crowd. Certainly they want Bobby Lashley out there. So he has to have an opponent. So then what what are you going to do? Like, who can he possibly wrestle in between if you got, if you got the Lesnar? Because I was thinking as soon as they work out this agreement with Lesnar, they should start building it up on TV. Yeah. Uh, so if they're building that for two months, you still got to do a match. What and they do you don't do? have a ready-made baby face, No, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, I don't know. I, I was listening to Meltzer and Alvarez talk about this on Observer Radio, and I think Dave mentioned, or maybe it was Brian, uh, Bray Wyatt coming back. Oh, they're always willing to put Randy Orton into matches like this. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know where you go. Yeah, they they have not done a good job building baby faces I mean, since promotion. I mean... You had Damian Priest, but you really haven't done much with him. I mean, except have him wrestle with a bunch of freaking zombies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think anyone's really clamoring for that. Uh, Michael, patron of the show, says, I would like to see Drew come out and cut a promo where he says that he knows he has to start from the bottom and work his way back up and see him feud with some low to mid carters and just win some solid wrestling matches. Kind of building himself back up, getting that eye of the tiger back. Yeah. I'll say this style. compared to a lot of people out there on Twitter, at least my feed. Um, I was more into the idea of drew winning here than I think a lot of people were. I, I would not have been the least bit upset at, at drew McIntyre won last night. I kind of well, think he might be should have. I kind of wanted to see him win yes. just because he has not gotten the time in front of the fans as champion. We've talked about that over the last year and a half and with the fans coming back with them going out on the road, here's his chance. So that played into a little bit, but just like, the logic meter in my head <laughs> was saying like Lashley Brock Lesnar yeah. SummerSlam. They can't do it. Well, so. does that have to be a title match? We've talked about this before when you bring these guys back to, because like you think about it, is Lesnar going to come back and put over Bobby Lashley? Does anyone think that's going to happen? Depends how much you're paying the guy. Maybe. I'd like to know what that price tag is. <laughs> I, I, I think that's, that's like kind of the fly in the ointment. To me, I thought you could have, you know, set that up as a special attraction and, you know, where Brock could go over and maybe he gets drafted because you have to do Brock and Roman down the line, don't you? Mm -hmm. Because of the Heyman angle. Like that makes a lot of sense. Uh, So like having that be a non-title match and Drew be the champion going into the summer semi, I don't know who he'd work with. But I, I thought that was actually kind of a viable scenario. I, I guess maybe I was just buying into the the concept of Drew winning a little bit more than others. Although I did see the odds, and um, that certainly didn't. You know, Gabe says, "Fire um, me." 
I wouldn't be surprised if they circle back to Kofi for the potential okay. New Day breakup. I'm glad that somebody mentioned this. What did you think about the use of Kofi in this build? I thought it was odd to like have him and Drew competing for that number one contender spot mm -hmm. if you're trying to solidify Drew as a number one babyface. Because it kind of like cuts into him as a babyface to have him competing with another one for the title shot, especially one who's kind of still as beloved yeah. as Kofi is. So I thought that was an odd piece of booking. I Part of me thought that Kofi might turn heel and cost Drew this match. That was part of, you know, when I was thinking, okay, if Drew loses, how are they going to do it? That was something that entered my head based on that promo that they did with like MVP on Raw two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did not do that at all. So I had the same thought. I was thinking he'll turn too, because it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like if, you know, if if there would have been fans there, the split and who the crowd was cheering for, I, they would have been for Kofi, I think. In um, the build with him and Drew, those matches on Raw. Yeah, like him, Kofi Kingston is the guy, one of, God, I maybe two or three people who uh, has the most natural, organic, fan following on the roster and has for over a decade. So that makes it tough for Drew to get over as the baby face that people <laughs> want to see. Yeah, I mean, probably what, probably what they're going to do is they're going to remember that Kofi got a banana peel. Oh, never mind. There's your money in the bank match. It's going to be Bob. Kofi's not turning here. They're going to do Bobby and Kofi. Because Kofi had that pin on him, that banana peel finish. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking in my mind, they're going to remember that. And they probably did it on purpose. You know, having the champion get pinned, whether it was a banana peel finish or not, and not having him seek to avenge it would be kind of an, a loose plot hole. So, yeah, it's something that needs to be tied up. So, yeah, I, I actually think it's, that's who it's going to be. It's going to be Kofi Kingston and Money in the Bank. You're probably right. Probably right. Glad we settled up. All right, let's let's go to the uh, the women's match. This is the one that you know, Woo! at least my my Twitter timeline. This is the one match that got the most discussion just because of the finish. Um, Charlotte, Rhea Ripley, Ripley, uh, you know, defending the Raw Women's Title. Then we've made a lot up about uh, not made up, but we've made a lot about what has happened in the past between Charlotte and Rhea, and, and what happened last year, and how they messed up Rhea Ripley, and. Uh, I gotta tell you, man, this booking isn't doing her many favors either this year, but she is the champion. Um, Charlotte, we talked about the phantom kicks earlier. This who I don't know who the heel is at this point. They both are. It's basically like it's a it's like a heel-heel match. Um I, I think the bigger problem is I don't know who I'm supposed to cheer for. Like neither exactly. person comes across as sympathetic, which you know, per, I mean Charlotte. God bless her is like the least sympathetic character in the entire <laughs> WWE. Yeah. So like the idea that the fans would feel like she's been wronged by the finish they did, you know, with Rhea casually hitting her with the announce Jesus uh, Christ. tabletop. Like it is just, that's just not going to happen. No one's going to feel sorry for her. I mean, the heat's on the promotion. <laughs> um, Not, not, you know, one of the wrestlers, um, I'm going to cite something here with the finish of this match. And let's be clear here what happened, like I just said. They're brawling outside the ring by the announce table. And Rhea picks up the covering, right? The plastic covering on it. And rams it into Charlotte's face. 
and it is a weak DQ. I mean, how many times do we see that in matches where it's not a DQ? Wasn't it kind of like, I don't know, the way they shot it, didn't it kind of seem like it was almost like she wasn't doing it on purpose? She was just ripping the table apart? Yeah, and it kind of like made against her. Like, yeah, it was like, you know, cue the yakety sax theme or something like that. Yeah, like what, what the hell is this? I'm going to tell you something. I've been watching pro wrestling a long time, and I've seen people go through tables in regular matches that weren't DQ, and there's yes. no DQ from yes. it, going through the actual table. So You Charlotte can't bottle hit, that back up. Like, Charlotte once you've hit, done it. Charlotte gets hit with shrapnel and it's uh it's a DQ. Yeah, you can't you can't put the genie back in the bottle when we've been doing this for 20 to 30 years. Table spots in the middle of regular singles matches all the time. And that's a DQ finish? What? I don't know, man. This yeah. this is I don't know how anyone signed off on that finish creatively. So, I'm going to talk about something we've mentioned on this show before, but it really bears repeating right now. The ground zero rule. I feel there's been some other shitty double DQ on pay-per-view where we brought this up. So, you know, most of our listeners, very smart, well-informed people know. Um, in 1997, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker had a match at Ground Zero that went to a wild double DQ finish. But it was okay because they upped the level of chaos to a point where, at the time, the audience was like, you know what? Double DQ finishes aren't great on pay-per-view in the main event. But that felt unique. Mm -hmm. This was not that at all. This was so lame. And I don't care if they're building to a bigger stipulation match. If you want to do a double DQ and build to a bigger stipulation match, you have to do something more than that. You can't. That is an unacceptable finish in 2021. I would like to stress the word unacceptable. You just can't do it. You, you can't. It's terrible. It's a groan-inducing finish. And again... Like you mentioned, it's two heels. Um, the scripted dialogue after this match. Okay. <laughs> You're learning, Kyle. You're learning. That's what Charlotte kept saying. You're learning. Is she is she trying to make Rhea her protege? Is this going to be a tag team? No, no, no. I just think it's terrible Maybe more delivery. female tag teams. It's I don't know. It's terrible delivery and terrible scripted verbiage. Look, I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings here. You know, everybody's uh -oh. working hard. <laughs> It, it tightened towers in Stanford, Connecticut. But I want to know, like, who thought that scripted verbiage was cool? I mean, it is freaking shitty. Like, I'm watching this, like, just cringing. I'm mm -hmm. like, who would say this? And they're, like, smiling at each other. It's what you would have done, Queenie, or something. Didn't Rhea say that? <laughs> that was hideous. <laughs> that was hideous. You know... Again, I'm just in a mood, I guess, so I'm going to be a little critical, more critical than normal. These two are very robotic to me when it comes to the ring. Like, for two people who are, I'm told, are, like, these huge stars, they're very, like, if you watch how they come to the ring, it's just very robotic. And I, I'm just, if we were in a perfect world where people were pushed properly, the booking was good, Everyone who made pay-per-view was a star. I don't think I would root for either of these two as a character. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, we're going to talk about Bianca Belair in a little bit. And maybe it's the booking because she's been booked kind of the way you would expect and want a new champion to be. But she is doing a much better job than Rhea Ripley in the new champion role post-WrestleMania. Like it's oh, yeah. not, not even close, mm -hmm. quite frankly. I just, you know, I saw some people say, oh, they were having a great match to the finish. No, they weren't. 
I thought it was okay. I, I thought it was basically about a three and a half star yeah. match until the in, until the finisher. A little above average. Nothing great. <laughs> Scream. I wouldn't go that high. I I'm going to make I, make that picture right there. I'm going like, to okay. cut you out and make that the YouTube thumbnail. <laughs> okay. Um, so there was a lot of emoting in between moves <laughs> in this match. Like Rhea Ripley was just like yelling. And oh, like, man. When did that happen? I, I, you know, something when I'm seeing some of these star ratings across the internet compared to what I would give these, and they're all higher than what I would give. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wade Keller, God bless him. Okay, he's been doing this a lot longer than everybody but Dave. I, I, I just don't know what pay per view he was watching where he's pulling some of these star ratings. I saw on the torch. You know, love Zach Ador. He's been a guest on the show, but I mean, I, I just it, like the WWE house style is so boring to me. When did it, Ryan, get to? One move, and then it's like emoting or like too much selling. Next, it's just so slow. Like it, it was. I, I just, I don't like the way WWE's matches are worked at all in 2021. And I feel it, it's just, it's getting slower and slower paced as we move along. It just, this match was boring to me. Is this the? effect of the performance center i mean is that kind of when everyone learning from the same people working yes. with cameras in the same way practicing your entrances with the cameras uh, there's yeah there's it's it's it is a very robotic feel to it uh working the holds a certain way to where the cameras are you know back in the early 2000s they were affiliated with ohio valley but there was still some outside influence going on there wwe wasn't I mean, for God's sakes, Triple H in his office in Stamford has a TV that shows what's going on at the performance yeah. center. You know, back in the day when when these guys like Brock and Shelton and, and Batista and Orton and Cena and everyone else was working in Ohio Valley, there wasn't that much oversight. Like they were able to get some non-WWE headspace there. Yeah. I loved when Kevin Kelly went on Twitter the other day and like, cause people were joking, Vince McMahon and like, you know, I, it was a hoot and a half that they had to have, uh, Karrion Cross and Bronson Reed work dark matches on SmackDown mm-hmm. when theoretically all Vince McMahon has to do is watch NXT <laughs> if he wants tape. <laughs> and like, it's, so it's obvious that Vince does not watch NXT like at all. And somebody's like, you know, at least Vince would throw out a tape, uh, when it was Ohio Valley wrestling and Kevin Kelly's like, no, he didn't watch those either. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. Funny. Yeah. To your point about the emoting though, that was funny because we were texting, watching the show and almost simultaneously you had texted me the emoting thing. And I was texting you like, Jesus, the screaming from Rhea Ripley is making my ears bleed. Yeah, it, it, do- <laughs> it was it so over the top. It doesn't add to the match. It makes it no. worse. You're, you're just like watching this match and you're like, stop doing that. God like, bless who, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, like her. Some, I mean, somebody told her to do it. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, the way it works. It's not no. like she's going into business for herself. It's not like she's like in mid match. Like, you know what would add to this is me just <laughs> yelling like a banshee. Horror film screaming. Yeah, at least I don't her, think yeah. so. So yeah, I mean, this this was not good. I'm sorry, this was not a good professional wrestling match. It just yeah. wasn't. Yeah, you and, yeah, and just add me, in the finish, and this is like yeah, three I mean, the, stars top yeah, the, to me. Yeah, I, I would not go higher. I would not go three. I would go. I don't know. Two and a half. Two and a quarter or something like that. Yeah, yeah two and a half-ish. Yeah, it was just, yeah. The fi- the finish really did hurt it. But, um, and, you know, I said coming into the show on our Facebook group, 
I viewed this show kind of as a referendum on both Drew McIntyre. Did not win. We don't know where his standing in the company is moving forward. And Rhea Ripley. Well, they're not ready to put her over Charlotte yet. It'll be interesting. So obviously, they're going to still go with this match. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting if they do, because at one point, somebody's going to have to go over clean. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see. Let's let's get to a positive, maybe. I think you have some positive things to say about this one. Um, Kevin Owens. Uh, yes, I guess. <laughs> no, Sammy Zayn. Now, now, here's the thing, because I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on this. So, love watching Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens wrestle. They're two of uh, my favorites in the promotion. Yeah, been wrestling each other a long, long time, as is everybody knows, longtime friends and everything. It's hard. It was hard for me to get excited about the yes! match, like, because, like, why? You know, I guess they've had the thing going on and Kevin Owens is trying to get a match with Sammy despite his issues after taking the Nigerian nail and everything. And which is a cool name for a move, by the way, Nigerian nail is a cool move. Yeah. Great, great move. (laughs) But uh, I don't know if the move is great. I just like the name. Yeah. Yeah. Because you tell it to a non-wrestling fan, like, wait, he, he took a nail to the throat. What's going on? But no, I mean, like they tried with the build, but even so it, it just felt like coming in, he's two friends that want to wrestle each other again. And that's, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of stakes to it. It didn't feel like, and we don't know what else to do with them, you know, but right. they've been around for a long time and okay, let's just throw Kevin. Cause we think it's going to be a good match because they're capable of, you know, producing them the kind of match that people like in the mm-hmm. mid card. But you know, the problem here, Ryan, and this is where I wanted to go back to your earlier point about 2020, WWE versus like old school WWE. Okay. When we used to evaluate matches back in the day, a lot of it was based on who won and whether or not that person was deserving of a push. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, I'm just going to pull something silly out of there. Like, you know, like IRS would win a match. He's like, fucking IRS. I don't want to see this guy, you know, <laughs> and big buddy win. It meant he was going to still get pushed. Yeah. And you're like, fucking IRS. I don't like IRS. This match stay, you know, stinks i don't like irs he shouldn't be winning well the matches are obviously better now every match is better than an irs match in 2021 but the problem and this match drove it home specifically is no one's getting pushed like neither of the the only person really getting pushed in this match is actually your boy commander aziz because of the move right like the whole match was based around owen selling that finish and that led to him losing here so it's two guys. Yeah, they're doing moves. Yeah, they've got a history. Uh, by the way, they were wrestling. Talking about their history. These guys wrestled five years ago on pay-per-view, and it was supposed to be their last match ever in WWE. <laughs> that was the stipulation <laughs> at Battleground 2016. I mean, I feel like Bret Hart here. And I, nobody cares. <laughs> Everybody turns a blind eye to it. I mean... Got that gorilla monsoon. Yeah, that no blind. good gorilla monsoon. <laughs> he turns a blind eye to it. I mean, so... Yeah, they. I like these two, and they do cool moves, but like neither of them are getting pushed at all. Like, do we really think that this match or this win will lead to something significant for Sami Zayn? No, it's actually the second match on tonight's card that was a rematch of WrestleMania. Uh, well, there were multiple, but this was the second instance of this happening, where the loser at WrestleMania won tonight in the SmackDown mid card. So it's again, we're just going around in a circle here. And I'm going to give credit where credit's due here. Sean Ross Sapp had these statistics. This is unbelievable, Ryan. Since August of 2017, Sami Zayn has just six pinfall wins on television. 
<laughs> Jesus. And oh. this was his first singles win of any kind since December, which was a countout. I believe that was the week before he lost the Intercontinental title to Big E. It was his first pinfall win on television since October. So this is like a situation where it's like, okay, we've got to get Sammy a win just because he doesn't win very much, but it's not going to mean anything. Like, what is Sammy Zayn going to go on and do from this win? Nothing. He's probably, they're probably just going to do a big stipulation match between these two again down the line. They're going to keep working each other because it's like kind of a low bar thing to do. And we don't know what else to do with them. He might get an IC title shot against the other heel. Yeah, I know, but let me look what they just did with the Raw women. (laughs) I guess. By the way, you know, I don't want to say I told you so. What do, like, all of the SmackDown mid-carders that we saw on the show, like Rollins, Cesaro, Owens, Zayn, all have in common? Um, They're in matches that mean nothing in the broader picture. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Another thing would be, all would be better in our kind of champions than your boy Apollo Crews. Oh, true. And, you know, like, I mean, that sticks out like a sore thumb to me. It's so funny they put the title on him, but, you know, your boy Commander Aziz is the push part of the act. Yeah. And, you know, I have no problem with Owens losing here and getting over another guy's finish because it makes it seem, you know, important to finish. But there's a problem. Commander Aziz kind of sticks. Is this? Like, I mean, do, do we really buy into, like, you know, Commander Aziz turning into something special? So here's the thing. This is the diesel effect, is it not? They just did the documentary on the two dudes with attitudes, uh, which is great. Check it out. We reviewed it on the show. Look in the archives. But uh, like, is this Vince just constantly thinking he's going to capture lightning twice and put a big dude with a smaller dude and the big dude's going to take off? And that's why they're putting so much focus on him because they do that a lot, with AJ and almost too. Yeah. Uh, they do it all the time. And I know Diesel wasn't a great world champion for them, but he was One a way big to put star. It. He became a big star because of the NWO and everything, but he was a top a top push guy. But I think the, the big disconnect here is that when they did that with Shawn Michaels, Shawn, you know, Shawn was a generational talent. So they, they could focus on building up the big dude as the bodyguard, but Shawn wouldn't lose any of his heat either. But it feels like when they do this with Apollo Crews, like you said, Kyle, Nobody gives a shit about Apollo Crews because he's yeah. not the push act. And he, he's, he's not, he's not, he doesn't stand out from the pack enough to like keep his heat going. No, yeah. It's not like, you know, you want to see him like get his come comeuppance, right? It's, it's actually quite, a, it, I see where you're going with that. The dynamic is not quite the same as Sean and Diesel. The, the dynamic with Sean and Diesel was kind of like, well, you know, this guy, Shawn Michaels, he, this pretty boy, he'd get his ass kicked if it wasn't for Diesel. And yeah. they had that. This is, I mean, Apollo Crews is pretty, like, Jack, dude. And, like, you wouldn't think he would need, like, this bodyguard, right? I mean, I just think the problem with Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz Nuts uh, is that neither of them are very good. I mean, I don't know, dude. If you've seen the way that Apollo Crews has been booked for the last few years, you might think he'd need a bodyguard to have a chance in a fight. That's very true to win, yes. I mean, I just, I don't know, man. I just, you know, and the, the attire that they have, like Aziz wrestling in, that's no good. Yeah. But, so, I mean, the match I, itself, though, they, the guys worked hard. You know, they always do something a little bit different. You know, you have the bloody mouth. I did mm-hmm. think it was weird, though, that 
you know, they sold coming in the fact that Owens wasn't going to be able to compete because of the injury from the Nigerian nail and he could barely breathe and everything. But then like most of the match, he, they worked his arm because yes. he had like done that dive to the outside and, and he had hurt his arm on that. And like that became the focus, which, which was odd because yes. if the Nigeria nail situation was the story coming in, that's not really the injury they sold throughout the heart of the match. I don't yeah, know. And, and that's an issue with WWE. Things only matter when they tell you they matter, right? Yeah. Like they're like, oh, Kevin Owens, he might lose because of the Nigerian nail. But then you watch the match and it's like, that's not really what's happening. Right. Like the announcers have to like hit you over the goddamn head. <laughs> Would hit you over the goddamn head with it. I let me get my hand in the screen there. Um, <laughs> it, it, uh, and if they're not doing it, then you wouldn't know any anything else. It's just, yeah, I, I don't know. This was, I didn't think this was as good as the WrestleMania match, quite frankly. Agree. Um, and it's just again, it goes back to the fact neither of these guys is really getting pushed. And I don't know what you do with either of them moving forward. I mean, it's not like they're gonna put a you know one of the major brand titles on either of these guys. I mean, I guess they could compete for the secondary titles, but Feels like we've been doing that for years and years. Unfortunate, because Kevin Owens remains one of the great universal champions of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of competition, though. Yeah. Um. All right. <sighs> Do we have to talk about this? All right, we got to talk about it. Alexa Bliss, Shayna Baszler. Oh, boy. Um. I mean, if you like magic and voodoo in your wrestling, this is the match for you. Uh, I okay. Here's what I will say with Alexa. I like that she wrestles this more. <laughs> Kyle, are you going to your bathroom to vomit right now? <laughs> Camera's moving all around. I like that she wrestles a more aggressive style, you know, with this character. She's showing like a different side in the ring than she did previously in her career. But Jesus Christ, all the smoke and mirrors, the, the hypnosis going on. Um, so we had on the outside, of course, Reginald, we had Nia Jax out there and in the finish, a, you know, Alexa, who had been trying to hypnotize Shayna throughout the match and Shayna would, did want to look into her eyes. Um, think of what you're saying right now, by the way, <laughs> really suspend your, uh, your brain itself watching this product. Um, You've got Alexa staring, and she makes eye contact with you know her good friend Naya, former WrestleMania opponent, opponent, good friends behind the scenes. Everybody knows that. And all of a sudden, Naya like goes into this trance, and Alexa starts moving her arms around, and Naya starts moving her arms around at the same time. And then Alexa raises her hand and she swipes it to the side, and Naya does it, and she slaps Reginald. So now Alexa has this mind control over Nia Jax. Kyle, at this point in the match, <laughs> I got to imagine you're thinking, what the hell is going on? As I am, because he just walked off screen. <laughs> you know what I think about this match, Ryan? <laughs> this, is, this is the second time in your journalism career you're going to get this as a response. Oh, my okay? God. Get ready. <laughs> oh, he flushed the toilet. I hope that picked it up. I hear. I, I, I heard it. Do, I heard it. Okay, I can do it. I can do a bigger one here. I should have brought it in. Well, I right now, get... we're in Kyle's bathroom. You got to okay. be watching these shows on YouTube. Kind of a light flush here from the toilet. I was hoping it was a stronger one. I should have done that. <laughs> this is amazing. That's what oh I thought. Oh my of. god! I mean, 
this is horrible. Like, why would anyone like this? This isn't like I joked on our Facebook group as I sit back down. Please bear with me, everybody. <laughs> it was amazing. Kyle starts, if you're watching on YouTube, Kyle starts moving around. The camera's repositioning as I'm talking. And I'm like, what is going on? Yes, that's the second time in my journalism career. That's right. You remember the Bobby Heenan story? Yes, when Bobby Heenan, yes, you asked about Eric Bischoff. So I wanted to reply. Yes. I replied. But anyway. <laughs> I just I wrote on our Facebook page that um, I could not watch the pre-show because we were having dinner as a family on Father's Day, and I just couldn't risk the video package for this match coming up in front of my wife and child. <laughs> I I couldn't take that. I just mm-hmm. I couldn't take the potential embarrassment. Um, I'm very consistent here, you know, because I see some people, oh, what about what you guys think about, like, Ultimate Warrior Papa Shango and stuff like that. So, so, it, that sucked. Read the Observer. <laughs> the butt of jokes for decades. Yes, read yes. the Observer at the time. Meltzer, they call it the worst main event angle in the history of professional wrestling the, the next week. All right? I didn't like when Marty Jannetty dressed up as The Undertaker and levitated to the heavens at the 94 Rumble. <laughs> that sucked. I don't like it. So many of the Undertaker and Kane storylines we got through the years, they sucked. I didn't like freaking Extreme Rules, the horror show. It sucked. I didn't like freaking Randy Orton burning Sister Abigail in the shed. It sucked. (laughs) This third grade horror film shit needs to be out of wrestling. It is terrible. It is embarrassing. Hypnotizing Nia Jax? (sighs) So why doesn't she just hypnotize all of her opponents and win every match? I don't know. <laughs> Gabe said in the chat, listen, it's dumb. We all know it's dumb, but Alexa's really trying to make this work. That's my one thing. Alexa's trying. Yes. I mean, we've said that, that this is a dog shit storyline. She plays the character very well. It's just the character sucks. She, she is a good actress uh, and is doing her best, you know, uh, what, what's the I, saying? Trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit? <laughs> That's kind of what Alexa Bliss is doing. And like I said, I like how she's showing this like aggressive side in the ring when she's not doing voodoo. You know, it's different. But any live crowd is going to just crap all over this in person. I got to imagine. So get it out of their system because, I mean, it's awful. It, I don't know what else to say. It's, it's mean, embarrassing as a fan to watch so- this. No, so it's funny. People want to give Alexa Bliss credit. I actually look at it much differently. It actually makes me not... I would have more respect for her. She's like, I'm not doing this. She's not going to do that. I mean, come on. I'd be a huge fan. I mean, to me, like, going along with this, like, kind of makes me think that she thinks it's good. And that ain't correct. Yeah, it's look, no, I don't want anyone to like clip this and say, oh, Alexa, they're shitting all over you. But nobody was pumping Alexa Bliss as a star of the future earlier than this podcast. November, October 2016, I was saying, you know, she's next level and she became a big star. And I'm a huge fan of hers. Had a chance to interview her when I was working at Comic Book, one of the nicest interviews I've ever had. She can't make this work, man. It is just no one awful could. writing. Just it, it's just awful. It's, dude, go back and listen to how Ryan described the finish. <laughs> She's trying to hypnotize Shayna Baszler. That's not working, so she hypnotizes Nia Jax. Yeah. 
That's mm. bad. That's Alan. really, really <laughs> bad. Wasn't good, was it, Kyle? It fucking blew. <laughs> Alan in the chat. Uh, what was that Bliss match? Honestly, I haven't watched WWE programming in a few months, but decided to check out Hell in a Cell for some odd reason. But watching that made me realize again why I don't watch it. I'll check out SummerSlam because of the surprises, but AEW is far superior. AEW could shore up its television. They did. I'll tell you, July is a big month for the two North American promotions, man. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, if they're just counting on fans being a pansea, mm, you need to I will be creative say, too. I will say, I and I've said this over the last few months, Kyle has said this, much prefer watching AEW right now. Yeah. I think their television's in a bit of a rut right now, though. Um, yeah, ever the, since Friday, we'll see. I mean, it, it's going to be really big when they move back to Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Do they get back to the level of viewership they were at previously? Um, and if they do, then you can just write off, well, it was a shitty time slot in June, whatever, no big deal. But if they don't, then ooh, that's, you know, kind of no effect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seth and Cesaro, Kyle, I mean, the epitome of 50-50 booking. You've got two really, really strong, good wrestlers out there. Again, it's one of those scenarios where, look, we're going to get a good match. Do you really care about it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a good match. It's not. It wasn't anything that I'll rewatch. Uh, probably, I would say, uh, my favorite match of the night. I guess. Um, I liked the main event better. Yeah, I I did until the finish and the shenanigans. But look, of course, Seth wins. This is WWE books 50-50. You know, it's a good match. doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Seth helped Cesaro, them build up Cesaro before he got the championship match. Uh, But I mean, again, who cares about this one going in? Well, here's the issue and why... I couldn't care about it. It's kind of a pointless affair in the sense that you look back. Okay. We all agree that Cesaro and, and Mr. Drosty, if I could have the floor for a minute here, speaker of the house, um, let me tell I want you to tell me if you think this rant is fair. So we all agree Cesaro deserving of a better lot in the WWE, right? For years. Yes. You know, I mean, the, yes. everyone was ready to get behind him in 2014, which if you have misplaced your calendar was seven years ago. So they give him this match at WrestleMania where even like it was pretty obvious he was going to win, right? Like, like everyone was like, God, if they don't have a win here, like how hideous would that be even by WWE standards of babyface treatment? So he wins. And he did get a shot at Reigns, okay, which was more than I thought they were going to actually give him. I thought they were just going to go right back and have him lose to Rollins. But it was like obvious he wasn't going to beat Reigns. They just don't see Cesaro on the same level as Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, So he gets an obvious win at Mania to set up an obvious loss to Reigns. And now they do this rematch with Rollins where it's obvious that he's going to do the job back. And there's two problems here. Cesaro is going at the end of the day, going right back to where he was before. Mm Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the same lower mid-card spot when this feud is over that he was. And who wants to see Seth Rollins get pushed anymore? Come on. This character, I mean, that, that's yeah, the one character issue. sucks. Yeah, I mean, that's just like, I mean, are they going to do him in Reigns maybe? I mean, I guess like Acknowledge Me might be moderately interesting just because the history between the two, but I don't know what you'd do with them otherwise. You know, some people are saying, oh, they might be getting Seth ready for a match with Edge. That match doesn't do a lot for me. I'm going to be very blunt with you. That match does not do a lot for me uh, in 2021. 
Um, and then, you know, back to Cesaro, it reminds me of Kofi Kingston a little bit here, where, you know, Kofi won the title. It was a really big moment, but the way it ended was so, like, pathetic that you wonder why they even gave him such a long run with the title, right? Mm-hmm. What he loses to Brock. And what happens as soon as he loses? He goes exactly back to where he was before. If you were in a coma and missed 2019, you would really have no idea that Kofi Kingston was a champion. It did not really, it was just like this bizarre, like seven month period in his career where he was the champion. But before that and after that, he's the same guy. So you mean to tell me. And that so, when it, the, the same thing's going to happen with Cesaro, is what I'm getting at. It's like, yeah, yeah. we, we, Really gave Cesaro that main event chance for two months in the early part of 2021. But before and after, it's just he's the same thing. So at the end of the day, nothing you watched over the last six months matters mm-hmm. at all. It's yeah. just like, yeah, we'll give him a try. But then we're going to immediately send him back to where he was. Yeah. So thank you for playing. You can you can see it happening like you just went through. Um, as it happens, all right, Seth loses, loses to Cesaro. It preps him to get in line to challenge Roman, loses to Roman right back to where we are. And I was going to say, are you meaning to tell me, Kyle, that Kofi Kingston, probably the most over guy with the crowd, you know, naturally since Daniel Bryan has that long title run, loses the title on the most watched WWE broadcast of how many years that debut on Fox a lot. And then to never follow up on it, you mean that's bad booking? You mean that yeah. doesn't make any sense at all? Okay, yeah. just he, he's he's only a former world champion when it's convenient for them to bring that up, like with the build to the Drew match, Drew Bob yeah. match today. Like that was the only like. Otherwise, it's just like it didn't have any effect. Like the new days. I mean, I guess you know Biggie's on a different brand now, but Kofi's just back to being a a tag team guy. Mm-hmm. And by the way. <laughs> There's so many things about WWE. We're just getting, I'm just pulling things out of the air that piss me <laughs> off now. You know, remember when Kofi was pinned by Omas by, with one foot at WrestleMania? Yeah. And then they chose, like, after they did that, which I had no problem with because it gets over Omas, but like, or Omos, whatever. I always, I, I, what's the what's the accepted pronunciation now? Is it Omos? I think it's Omas. Omas. Okay. Okay. There yeah. we go. I was, I was getting it. I think. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, no, it's almost, you're right. Okay. That's why I I got, okay. I I corrected myself. Um, but I had no problem with him doing a job because it gets him up the the big giant over, but like, then you like have him in the world title program after he gets pinned by one foot. I mean, did Ricky Morton in like the summer of 91 get a world title push after he did a job to Dan Spivey? No. (laughs) I don't know when Cesaro's contract ends, but, uh, I think he just resigned. Yeah, I, I was trying to find it here. Uh, Fightful has like a contract page and they don't have Cesaro on it. But oh. uh, yeah, Alan's saying he needs out of WWE, constantly not getting pushed. I mean, look, Justin Joint, big supporter of Cesaro here on our podcast, not with us today, but I mean, he would agree with you. We'd love to see Cesaro go elsewhere. He he they never followed up with him in 2014 when we had the Cesaro section going on and everything. Like that was the chance with him. I I really like the tag team with Kid. That was good stuff. He's a so, great tag team wrestler. I you know, the dirty little secret is I don't think Cesaro should be a world champion. No, but he could be a I mean, there was a brief period where he could have made the argument, but he should he could be that workhorse 
IC champion and really yes, help get over. That the would title. be a good yeah. spot for him. That would yeah. be a great that that's better than just him. Oh, see, hey, we're placating you. He got a world title shot. Okay, now he goes back right. to where he belongs. You know, another thing I was thinking of too, just randomly. Remember when Bobby Lashley won the uh title as a total baby face for Miz, even though he'd been <laughs> built up as a heel mm-hmm. and then went right back to being a heel the next week. Yeah. We were all talking about like you gotta what? make this guy a top baby face, right? What an odd People still thing love that was the guy, like at least on Twitter. What an <laughs> odd thing that was. His three hour baby face push in the middle of this monster <laughs> heel run. That was odd. The WWE's not good. Can I ask you what exactly because we, we both said Seth Rollins is the character sucks, but what is his character even? It's like Seth drip drip Rollins. I wear a cool. I don't suit. like this drip. Like, okay, I don't. I don't. <laughs> is think that the character cool. though? Like, look, I, I wear a cool care. suit every week. All right, I'm 41, married, got a kid. Maybe my cool days are behind me. But this, I don't like this. Check out that drip. <laughs> I just don't like that. I think it's stupid. Who says that in real life? No one that I would hang out with. If somebody like said, "Oh, look at that drip!" I'd freaking smack him. We're old dudes at this point, though. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe. But you know what? Know. Seth Rollins is an old dude, too, compared to, yeah. Yeah, a dad. And hats off to you. But, you know, I just don't know what I want to see him do. Like I said, like him and Edge, that's not like, like, you know, doesn't make me go, oh my God, yes, that's going to be so good. Like, I, I don't know what I want Seth Rollins to do with this. I, I think him getting to Roman eventually is somewhat appealing. But again, you got two heels in that scenario. I think they hope Roman is a face again at some point, but. That's a ways down the road. So, and he's not winning. We all know that no one's beaten Roman for a while. So, yeah. All right. Let's, let's tie this up. The the show opened, tie this up. I didn't even plan that, but it makes sense with the next match. Mm -hmm. Bianca and Bailey, where the story throughout the match was that um, Bailey was trying to tie up Bianca's hair, Kyle. Yes. In this Hell in a Cell match. Uh, This was actually good. I thought it it was a good match. I wasn't like, I didn't care too much about it going in. Although I do think Bianca's is one of their best champions right now. Uh, far better than what's going on over on raw. This, you would think that this would have to be the end of the feud because Bianca yeah. has beat Bailey twice. Now WrestleMania backlash here at hell in a cell, but they didn't really play it out. Like this was the end of the feud. It should be. I mean, I, I don't seem like it. I mean, so, Okay. Our buddy Zach Hador, and I was very pleased to see this tweet last night as the match was going on because I was thought I was the only one who felt this way. This match was slow. This was like the one that, like, really, like, it was just a lot of like looking for weapons. Like, mm-hmm. this was weapons in a cell. I feel, I feel that's the way, like, hell. In I a was cell gonna make that point. Now. It seems like the hell in a cell matches now are just like a weapons match or a no DQ match with the cell just happening to be there. Yeah. I mean, that's There's, like no people- focus on the cell. Yeah, it's not, and you know, it's funny. A cage match, it's supposed to, you know, keep the two guys, two girls, like in there. It's supposed to be just, you know, them colliding. But now it's like, well, that yeah, it's that you know, the two guys and two girls in the cage, and all the plunder that's under the ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, why are there just random kendo sticks stashed under the <laughs> ring? Has anyone ever explained that? So I don't know. There was a lot of like searching for plunder in this match. So I thought it was very slow paced. I did love the finish. Um, I did, and. I, I I think from like a complaint perspective, this is pro other than it was, I thought a little too slow paced early on. I don't really have much to complain about here in the sense that this was a logical first feud for your new champion, right? Like you don't mm-hmm. want to beat Bianca out of the gate. No. And most people don't expect her to be beaten, 
But Bailey has the cash in. I think Bailey's been one of their best performers in the company, male or female, over the last year. And she kind of enhances Bianca um, as the champion. You know, she makes her you seem more of a star. So I think from I didn't like all the laughing promos. You know, the week-to-week television wasn't necessarily great, but um, I think big picture, this did what it needed to do for Bianca. And in that regard, I I would would say thumbs up. I don't know. It just seemed like in that post-match promo, like it, the way that Bianca talked about Bailey, that they were going to have another match. You're right. I forgot about that. That was odd. She she talked about how like Bailey really brought it, you know, to her, kind of beat her down, but and that she would never forget it or something like that. I should have wrote down the quote. Yeah. I, that, I alluded that, that to it a, in my notes. Well, you know, it's again, this is kind of similar to what you talked about with Lashley earlier. What are they going to do with Money in the Bank? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the bridge paper you just said, because I think we all assume that there's going to be a Sasha Bianca rematch, possibly at SummerSlam, right? right. Um, that would be mm-hmm. logical, would make sense. I think people would be looking forward to that. Well, what do you do before then? Is the question. So I don't know. I, I I would not do another match between these two. I mean, that's not to say I haven't enjoyed the matches. It's just, I mean, no one buys Bailey as winning, and she's done as good a job as you can in that spot. Yeah. Despite that mentality. But yeah, I don't think you can go to the well a third time, especially after a cell match. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Like a normal match after a cell? I mean, what <laughs> yeah, stipulation? The blow off, right? Yeah. I mean, Normally. what stipulation do you do? I mean, hair versus hair? Make Bailey shave her head. Hey, people would be into it. Yeah. They always give out bonuses, you know, if, if you do something like like didn't yeah. Serena Deeb back in the day when yeah. she did the, the CM Punk thing? I think she got a pretty big bonus for shaving her head. Yeah. I don't know, man. We'll see. But it's not like they're stock full of challengers in the women's nope. division. When you've got so. the women's division split on two brands, it's tough. And by I the way, someone... I, I love the booking of the pre-show match. Let's just hit that real quick. Yeah. Uh, the time-tested booking strategy of, okay, you've got one member of the champions against one member uh, of like the challenge, like the number one contender team, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And the person who would be the presumed challengers in a tag title match just loses clean. That really makes you want to see a tag match. <laughs> Not that I wanted to see it anyway. I mean, what an odd booking. I mean, just having Mandy Rose tap clean as a sheet to the sharpshooter. That yeah. was odd. That's a, that's the that's the way you build up your potential tag team title and, challenges. And it's funny the announcers were like, "Oh, what does this mean? You know, maybe they're not going to get a shot now, and they're just going to like be like, well, and you know, they're going to still do it. I'm sure they'll still yeah. they're just fill, they're just filling time. Was this the first pay per view, by the way? If you include pre show, there were more women's matches than men. I I didn't look it up. And, yeah, but I, I feel that's pretty novel. I mean, I if there's been one before, it's you know, it doesn't ring a bell. I mean, obviously, Evolution would not count in all way that's pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I don't I can't think of anything else that would stand up to that stat. So, Did you want to talk about Reigns and Ray real quick? Yeah, I, I don't think I ever even gave the show a grade. I If I oh. didn't, my grade for this is a D, by the way. Whoa, lower you're than lower than me! I'm wow! La- yeah. I'm going harsh on this one. No grade, not a curve anymore. I, I got to give this show a D because there's nothing I would ever go back and watch. The weak finishes that we talked about doesn't really mean much in the grander scheme of things. Yes, there was a couple of good matches like KO and Sammy, um, and I really like just ring work-wise Cesaro and Rollins, but nothing is going to stand out. This is a show that next summer, Kyle, if I were to say on the pod, hey, remember Hell in a Cell last year? You would struggle 
I think, to talk about the matches. I, I feel like tell they you about Hel- Tell me about Hell in a Cell 2020. I mean, the only one I really remember is the ranting show that we did on The Fiend in 2019. So, and, and the debut of the Red Cell, I can't believe they're still using it. But uh, yeah, the Red no, I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing that's going to stick with you. It's just a stopgap pay per view. It's not memorable. I I just can't give this because of the bad fin- lousy finishes in the the big time title matches. I got to give it a D. I can't go any higher than that. Love it. So, yeah. Um, we still don't know why, uh, they they did this, but Roman and Rey Mysterio. They moved the match at the last minute to SmackDown from the pay-per-view. We don't know if Fox wanted the match. Um, that seems like it could maybe be the case. Um, there's this weird dynamic now where you have Fox paying all this money for WWE programming. And then you have Peacock paying all this money for WWE programming. And you're building up big matches across different networks and streaming services, right? So like, it is possible that Maybe Fox said, look, your ratings have been in the tank. We want this match. For whatever reason, they moved it. I'm sure the story will come out. Or maybe People... somebody couldn't work Sunday. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Roman said Father's Day doesn't work for me, brother. Kyle, people were raving about this match on my Twitter timeline. Oh, people whose opinions I really respect uh, about pro wrestling. Wow. And I felt like I was watching a different match because, look, we've all been very high on Roman Reigns as a champion and the character and everything. I thought this match was very average. I didn't think there was anything special about it. I thought it was very slow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they've been doing these big spots lately where, you know, like they did it with Dominic, where Roman threw him to the ramp and you don't see him land because there's a crash pad. Um, they did the thing with Ray getting thrown out of the cage, hitting the cage and falling. You didn't see him land. Yeah. There's did, a crash did, pad. And they did, did that to, on uh with Drew and Bobby. Yes, I was just gonna say that I and, forgot to mention that during the match. He took the choke slam, I think it was the outside, and they show it like looking up because you don't ever see the ground because there's a pad there, and then they pull it under the ring. There's someone under the ring, and at one point in that match, you saw a hand. Yes, 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 I saw that picture on Twitter.com. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm glad you got that. If in. you're wondering why the hand was there, it's because they're doing these crash pad things. They won't be able to do it obviously when the audience is there, but right now. They've kind of figured out to make use of that. So television-wise, it looks pretty good. Uh, so they did that in the Hell in a Cell, again, with Roman and Ray, and Ray. But like to me, I'm being honest. This is like a three-star match. Yes. I didn't think it was great. No. I, I saw people just over the top praising it on Twitter. And I'm like watching this match Friday night. Have what are people st- watching here? Have you never <laughs> seen another Hell in a Cell match? You know, it's really interesting. We talk about this with ladder matches, too. Um you know, but at least with the ladder matches, they try to up the ante with the bumps and the, mm-hmm. the car crash effect. But you're just numb to it. Like, you know, all ladder matches are kind of the same. With Hell in a Cell, those early ones set such a standard, right? And are so yep. memorable. And you see how they work them now. You wonder why they even do them. Like, yeah. honestly, I don't even know why they do Hell in a Cell matches. Because, like, look, and I'm not advocating people going flying off the top of the cell. I'm not. People shouldn't. I mean, it's very dangerous. Um, you know, I mean, that's the thing. When Foley did that, I mean, he, you know, kind of set an impossible bar to match. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, if you keep doing them, I mean, it's like, I just, the the Roman Ray match, not only was it not on the top tier of Hell in a Cell, I mean, I thought it was well below the second tier yeah. of Hell in, of Hell in a Cell. I just, yeah, it was, again, who thought Ray Mysterio was going to win this match? <laughs> 
And like at no point did you during the match did they make you think he was going to win. Like yeah, okay, oh it's like oh Ray, you know one of the great baby faces of all time. His selling, I guess if that's the way you watch matches, maybe you enjoy it more. But to me, it's just there was no drama. And again, WWE matches work so slow. If they want to make Roman this dominant, they'd be better served chopping the match time in half. Yes. It, it would Too work. Long. I, I feel like, and by the way, I would say that about every match on the Hell to Cell too. Every match could have been five to ten minutes less on that pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. It just plays in how boring this promotion is. Yeah. Um, Gabe had said in the chat, what did you guys think of Jimmy Smith on the show? He's better than Adnan Ver. That's what I was gonna say. He has he has more product knowledge and, you know, more experience uh, cage side, you know, with the MMA background and everything. Uh, we talked about how, like Adnan had done a lot of like studio shows. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy Smith is he's better for sure. I don't think I I guess I can't complain too much so far. We'll see how it yeah, goes. I mean, tell me to be commentary. I mean, you do not need Justin Joints, superhuman <laughs> power to block it out. It, it is like it. Am I wrong? I think WWE commentary is like an all-time low for like a value add right mm-hmm. now. It's just like, they don't say anything good. Even like Pat McAfee, who's at least a little different, you know, he, he comes across less scripted and he's yeah. just kind of saying what comes to his mind, which is a little refreshing at times. Um, you know, we got the penis missile uh, reference <laughs> in, in the Seth Rollins-Cesaro <laughs> match. I don't know, yeah. you know, the mileage may vary there, but it's just like, I don't know. When I'm listening to Saxton Graves and Jimmy Smith, I kind of like honestly tune out who's talking, the words they're saying. It's just it's just three people saying words. <laughs> it's so, not really entertaining. Like I know that's <laughs> people used to get on, like, you know, Gorilla and Bobby and stuff. Like, you know, they weren't like serious or calling moves. Give me that 10 times out of 10 over what we get on Raw and SmackDown. Or so just are modern you, WWE commentary in general. Are you saying that you're developing Justin Joint's talent of tuning out commentary? Yeah, so I, you know me. I'm a big commentary guy. Like when we do yeah. those Top Rope Nation classics, like I always write down like the funny commentary quips. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you anything other than the penis missile that anybody said <laughs> piss on missile. last night. Yes. Yeah, oh, piss missile. My bad, piss <laughs> missile. Penis missile's better. Yes, oops, yes, whatever the <laughs> fuck it is. <laughs> yeah no i agree nothing really stands out there's never those lines same thing when we're when we're doing top rope nation classics by the way that's our monthly bonus show we do over on uh patreon.com slash top rope nation check the link in the description here um there's always stuff that stands out in commentary we're always talking about lines and i'm clipping lines to put in the podcast and everything uh from the audio uh this month we will be doing we just had the Patreon vote. Uh, e- ECW One Night Stand 2006 with the RVD John Cena match. That will be our June Top Rope Nation Classics that will drop here in the next couple of weeks. So if you're interested, check it out. We got a full library of over 30 bonus shows available over on Patreon.com. In fact, for $5 a month, you get a weekly bonus show from myself and Kyle's Top Rope Nation Extra. 
a show that we are streaming live every week on Spotify Green Room, which is a new streaming app. It used to be Locker Room. I post that in podcast form exclusively on the Patreon page. And then we do Sorry, top Spotify. rotation classics. <laughs> Sorry, Spot. I think I said Locker Room earlier. I've been, yeah, that's all right. I, I, didn't get the, I, I didn't get the memo. Oops. We've only done one show since yes. it's not been Locker Room. Um, but uh, that one actually dropped on Friday. And I put that out to the world. So if you want to see what those shows are like, we take callers. It's a lot of fun. You get a weekly bonus show from us in addition to our normal flagship show on Fridays and these pay-per-view post shows that go out to the world. Plus Top Rope Nation Classics once a month, which is like a two-hour deep dive on a classic show that the patrons vote on. Five bucks a month gets you a free gift, five bonus shows per month, our show notes every week, direct communication with the host, an exclusive Facebook group. Tons of fun. Would appreciate your support if you like the show. If not, like I said at the top of the broadcast, you know, leave us that five-star rating, subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. So yeah, that was, uh, that's Hell in a Cell 2021. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, always a pleasure to talk with you, even if the show wasn't great. I know. I'll tell you what, the only redeeming thing about Hell in a Cell 2021 is that I got to talk to you about it. Yes. So. By the way, I, I do have a cheap plug. Could I make a cheap plug? Yes, please do. Do you know what dropped today? This morning, I was I, I saw was myself and Mr. Liam O'Rourke continuing oh, yeah. our look at uh, 1991 WWE. Uh, it is part three of our series on that year. Uh, we did about five and a half hours of audio on July and August. I cannot stress to you what an insane two months that period was. So the first part of part three, part three A. Um, we don't even talk about Ric Flair coming in. There's just so much going on. It was a lot of mm. the steroid uh, fallout with Zahorian. Um, you know, we take a look at the top angles for SummerSlam 91, the match made in heaven, match made in hell. People can check that out, Squared Circle Gazette. Um, it, it's a real strong effort over there, I think. Absolutely. Check it out. You all heard Liam here on Top Rope Nation a couple of weeks ago as we talked to him about the uh, Brian Pillman right. Dark yes. Side of the Ring. Liam's been a big supporter of ours ever since we started. Him and Kyle have known each other long time and of course liam award-winning author of his brian yes. pillman biographer and biography and i love those deep dives that you guys have done on 1990 wwf now 1991 squared circle gazette radio check it out michael in the chat he says listening to you guys talk about the pay-per-view is more entertaining than the show itself thank you michael yes, <laughs> another strong you. supporter of top rope nation uh hey man good way to spend a monday morning post father's day yeah. uh, we will be back with everyone well, Glad to have so many people in the chat. Yeah, we had an active show today. So more yeah. people involved, actually, than sometimes when we go live right after the pay-per-view. Maybe it's because there's more competition on YouTube and Twitter and everything right after the shows than there is on, on the Monday morning. Sometimes we like, you know, schedule permitting doing these next morning shows because it lets us kind of think about it a little longer. I like it better. Saying. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> it was fun we will be back with you we'll be doing a spotify green room app show which will drop on patreon uh midweek and then we will be back at the end of the week in our usual friday time slot subscribe all that jazz so you don't miss it this has been top rope nation hope everyone has a great week take care <laughs>